In this episode, Josh and I sit down and talk about the difference between being healthy just on the outside and being healthy on the inside. And this includes not only what's going on with your hormones, but also what's going on with your mental health. We dive deep into the cost of getting lean and also how can you prioritize your fitness goals, your aesthetic goals, while also managing and and balancing out your mental health. And really, what is it all worth? I think you'll have some really great takeaways from this episode. And as always, if you'd like to reach out to myself or Josh, you can find Josh on Instagram at Josh Levine Fitness. And of course, I am Kylie Fit Yoga. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am here with Josh again. He's such a valuable resource. And today, we're going to be talking about the difference between being lean and what you might think someone who looks super healthy is versus actually being healthy. Yes, you can be lean and healthy, but you can be too lean and not be healthy, just like you could be obese and not be healthy. And this topic is coming up because Josh was recently um, preparing to compete in a, a bodybuilding show, which unfortunately got canceled. But would you say, Josh, that you were the leanest you've ever been? I was definitely among the leanest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, each year I get, in the summers, I usually get pretty lean, mm-hmm. uh, just because I like to stay lean uh, mm-hmm. in the summers. Uh, yeah, it's like pool season. But, right, totally. Um, this was definitely the most aggressive. The road to that um, that level of leanness was, okay. and, and of course, because it was in a contest contest preparation setting, um, and the the process was again the most intense it's ever been. The most intense training, the most intense uh, caloric deficit, the most intense diet. Um, and, you know, I was competing, I was preparing to win. So there was a lot on the line and I'm a competitive person. So, you know, a lot of other parts of my life were put on hold and sacrificed and I got really freaky lean. Um, I'd say I got shredded. I did not get peeled. Right. So that, like inside outlook, we were just a few weeks away from that. Right. So um, that being said, Along the way, Josh, so I saw your, you, you said that your coach was said, okay, let's use this time then to get you healthy, get your hormones back to where they need to be and work on your gut. What, what adaptations did your hormones have and, and your gut? What was your body's response to being that lean? Well, well, anytime you're in a severe caloric deficit, we've talked about what happens hormonally and we've definitely touched on what happens with like your hunger hormone and your satiety hormone, leptin and ghrelin and whatnot. But you also experience a drop in sex hormone. So in, an, in a caloric deficit, especially for an extended period of time or in an gr- aggressive caloric deficit, um, you'll likely experience lower sex drive. Um, a lot of women will lose their cycle. 
Um, so your libido will be down. In men, testosterone will typically go, go down. And um, part of that is just because of the caloric deficit. And part of that is because um, cortisol is usually up a little bit. We have to manage cortisol in that caloric deficit to ensure that we're maintaining a proper body composition and that we can recover properly. Um, but yeah, your hormones get thrown off and you don't feel very great. I didn't, I definitely didn't feel the, the best I've felt. And I think it was noticeable, uh, or I know it was noticeable to, to other people. I was tired a lot. I felt fatigued, uh, towards the end of it. I mean, we had been in such a deficit for such a long time. You know, I don't like the term overtraining because I think that it, undermines the value of recovery and things like that. But when you're in a caloric deficit like that, I was definitely getting to the point of overreaching. Gotcha. You know, like my hormones were off, my food was low, my sleep wasn't great. Um, again, result of hormones and, and, and low calorie intake. Mm -hmm. um, and so a combination of all these things just created this almost chronic fatigue for me. Mm -hmm. And of course, because I was planning to compete, I was pushing through. Right. I wanted to win. And whoever can suffer the hardest is who's going to win. Mm -hmm. But as far as the everyday person, there's no reason to do that. Like, we don't have to suffer to get lean. And we definitely shouldn't sacrifice our health or our hormones just to look a certain way. Right. Um, because you can have both. Yes. Now. Yeah, not like you can be super lean and be the epitome of health, just like you can't be overweight and be the epitome of health. But um, a balance is definitely more accessible to like lifestyle people yes. over competition prep clients. I love that. So I want to talk about the cost of getting lean here in just a second. But before we transition into that, I want to point out that you know, we have constantly said over and over again, you have to earn your fat loss phase. And Josh had earned it. Like homeboy had reversed. You were eating all the calories. What, what, are your, what was the highest your macros got up to? Um, recently or previously? In my um, like before, before preparing for this show, like this winter, were you pretty? Um, so I signed on with my coach, I think in the beginning of January. Usually when I am in a growing phase or an improvement phase and a building phase, uh, I get my calories up pretty high. And usually they're at least, they'll, they'll end up above 5,000, sometimes closer to 6,000 calories a day. Mm -hmm. um, and when I signed on with my coach, I was eating about 5,000 calories a day. And all he did was restructure my macros. I was eating a lot more fat than he wanted me to. And even though I was eating like 500 grams of carbs, he wanted me to eat less fat and more carbs. Yeah. So I think the highest we got was at or above 700 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. I think we were eating maybe 100 or 120 grams of fat. And I want to say 350 or 365 grams of protein. I love that it. Was, whatever it was, it, those numbers, you know, as best I can remember them, I think it was around 5,200 calories. Okay. Which yeah, is ideal because so, we, we want to start high because we're only going to have to go lower, 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 lower with the metabolic adaptation. So Josh definitely earned this fat loss phase. He earned his contest prep, but even so, you're still going to run into these adaptations with our hormones. And with the gut issues, 
once your cortisol gets high, that starts to break down your gut immediately. That's why I believe so many people have gut issues. Now I was recently chatting with um, a functional medicine doctor and this is one of the huge things that she talks about because there's so many lifestyle factors that cause people to have high cortisol levels and this inflammation. So we're not doing ourselves any favors by elevating our cortisol in terms of our gut health. How is your gut feeling recently, like in the last couple of days? It's been much better. And, and most of the issues that I was experiencing with my gut, I actually was pretty good throughout my prep just because I was so dialed in everything I ate. Mm -hmm. um, and I was purposely avoiding all the foods that I know would give me any sort of gut dysfunction. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we started my re reverse diet, I, you know, and the competition was no longer happening and I kind of like loosened up just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, and like we've talked about, I have a, in, a intolerance or sensitivity rather to chicken. I have an intolerance to dairy and lactose, uh, glucose kind of messes me up a little bit. And there, and I had, I had, you know, treated treat myself a little bit as well you to, should have yeah yeah to uh some of each of those things but i mean i i rebound pretty pretty quickly once i remove those things from my diet and i incorporate um a, a supplement called uh, indefin by metagenics highly recommend it my gut feels great again what is it is like an enzyme or what is it um there it's it's a mix of a bunch of different stuff vitamins uh, b vitamins fiber all sorts of different things. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, it's just one tablespoon a day. It does have 10 grams of carbs in it. Mm -hmm. um, so for those that are low carb, I actually stopped taking it when my carbs were really low. In my <laughs> but I was also so dialed in my diet that like, I didn't need any more help. And I was, I managed my, my stress really well. Mm -hmm. um, partially in thanks to, you know, the cortisol management supplements that I use from Revive. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Yeah. Like, when cortisol is high, your body's in fight or flight mode. It's not focused on digesting food. It's staying aware. And it's like doing all these other tasks like digesting food in the background. Mm -hmm. So it's like multitasking. Mm -hmm. it, it would be like, like your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or whoever is like on their phone and you're trying to have a conversation with them. And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like that conversation that you're trying to have with them is your body trying to digest food when you're in fight or flight mode on your phone, your cortisol's high, and like you're not paying attention. Your body's not paying attention to like digesting food. It's trying to stay alive. Dude, that is an excellent <laughs> analogy. <laughs> High five for that. You deserve so a raise. Relatable. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the cost of getting lean. And see, y'all, Josh was getting ready for a show. He was getting ready to compete. We got people, we got Sally and Bobby over here trying to look like competitors, but they're just everyday people. And I think it's important that, yes, you can, I always say it's better to look like a competitor than be a competitor, but it's important to understand what actually goes into getting super lean, getting shredded, and is it worth it? If it's worth it to you, then by all means, let's go for it. But let's understand what it's going to cost. Um, it's going to cost you taking your food places. Like yeah. you, you're going to go to, did you have to take food anywhere, Josh? I mean, I almost always had meals on me. I have my oh. six pack bag, which I love. Yeah. And so I almost always had food on me. One, because I didn't want to miss a meal time. Mm -hmm. Two, 
because every time I ate, I was just looking forward to the next time I could eat. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and three, yeah, like I didn't want to, I like you, we've mentioned in previous podcasts, like I still do stuff. Yeah. I was out, you know, I'm working, I'm working out. Um, I still hung out with friends every now and then, even though like not as much as I normally would with quarantine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kept food on me and I don't, at first it's kind of weird. It honestly was less weird, like bringing food into a place that has food is less weird when you're, when I, for me, when I was like competing, I'm like, oh, well, I just can't eat that food. Yeah. I eat my food. This is just what I do. Yeah. And it's, it goes, I think that goes back to like the remember who you are post that I did recently about like, I'm a competitor. This is what competitors do. It's not weird. Right. And if you're not comfortable with that, then maybe you don't want to be that person or you need to understand this is what it's going to take to look like this. Are you willing to do it? Yeah. And, and, and I'm sure with how aggressive we were doing it because it was a contest prep, um, it required that level of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Now I've gotten that lean without bringing all my food somewhere. I just make really good, very well-educated choices. But knowing that I was going to step on stage and that I was competing for a W, I wanted every single like 0.1% variable mm -hmm. to be absolutely dialed because I didn't like, I didn't want to step on stage and get second place and be like, oh man, I would have like that one time that I ate out because I didn't have a meal with me. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen. But if I'm not stepping on stage, I can be a little bit more lenient, have a little bit more leeway, um, and it's, and still take it seriously and make educated get educated decisions on what I'm going to put in my body. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, but there is like if you want something, there's always going to be some sacrifice. Anytime you want something, you have to give something. Oh, of course, like, everything has a cost, and yeah. it's just what are you willing to pay for that? Mm -hmm. I think as long as you're clear on what your goal is, what you really want and what you're willing to sacrifice, then that's fine. Yeah. And that might change and that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. That's you might think you want to look like, you know, some guy that you saw in muscle and health fitness uh, on the cover, who's like, you know, like 220 pounds and 4% body fat. And then all of a sudden you're like on your way to get there. And like, you know, I've been doing this for like seven years. Mm -hmm. And to get down to that level of body fat and maintain that fullness and look that good, mm -hmm. you know, I don't doubt that there's a lot of people who would start down that journey, even after seven years of training mm -hmm. and be like, wow, this is really intense. It's, it takes a lot of sacrifice. I am giving up a lot of other parts of my life. Mm -hmm. I, maybe now's not the time or maybe now it's not worth it for me. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's, maybe I just enjoy, you know, like the less extreme version of that. Absolutely. You know, you and I, like I work more with, I know you work like work with lifestyle clients as well. Mm -hmm. No one I'm working with is getting ready to step on a stage. And so I have to have this conversation with them. Like it's okay to not want to give up pizza night with your family. If that's your priority, if that's the one meal that you guys have together, that's okay. But understand that's going to impact like the results that you have. Yes. Yes. I recently came across a post by, uh, I forgot the guy's name. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. 
but he's on Instagram now. I recently came, came across a post and it was about his clients asking him how, if they could drink or how much they could drink. And he was like, yes. you can do whatever you want. He's like, understand that like, this is your life. But also understand that the fastest way to get to where you want to be is also the hardest way. Mm-hmm. It requires the most sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So if you're okay with that road taking a little bit longer, then sure, have a couple drinks with your friends. Mm-hmm. Have pizza night with your family. The level of control that you exercise over those variables in limiting yourself from binging or overindulging will have a direct impact on the, the, how quickly you will get to that goal. So like, yeah, if you have pizza night with your family once a week and you limit yourself to like a slice or two, then sure. But if you have pizza night with your family once or twice, once a week and you have the whole pie, which I've done, (laughs) then yeah, that's going to really set you back. And it's going to take a lot longer to achieve those goals, right? right? Everything in moderation. Absolutely. I agree. I saw that post too. And I thought it was so great because I think he was talking about 20 year olds. Um, I don't work with 20 year olds anymore just because my messaging is not talking to them. And it, you know, what you talk about, you attract anyhow, but I do work with the women who need the wine every night. Quote, you guys can't see me air quote, need the wine every night. And you have to have a glass or two of wine every night. I'm sorry. You're, you're going to have that fat around your belly. It, or it has, well, yeah, because it's alcohol and it's your body recognizes it as a poison. It's not ideal. You can fit it in your macros, but it just doesn't utilize macros. But yeah, all the, the people with the physique that you want are not drinking a glass of wine every night. Right. Or two glasses of wine every night or having alcohol every day or putting any sort of poison or shit in their body. Right. And I think the point of that post, and I was having a couple conversations with a couple people around it. And what we were talking about was like, well, by that logic, everything you do that's not directly related to getting you closer to that goal, will make it take longer to get to that goal. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. You know, like if, if you want to get to that, dream physique of yours Mm -hmm. and we have everything laid out from your food your training your cardio your sleep everything then everything that you do that is not on that protocol like if you go for a crazy long mountain bike ride and Mm -hmm. then your training suffers that day that technically is taking you farther away from that goal but like the main point is you get out what you put in and you, it's up to you to determine whether or not the things that you're going to do that are not directly related to getting you to that goal are worth it. Going mountain biking, of course, is a healthy activity. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's something that we encourage people to do. We want you to get out. Mm-hmm. Drinking a couple glasses of wine every night, sure, it might take the edge off. If it helps manage your cortisol, then maybe it does have some positive benefits. Mm-hmm. But understand that you get out what you put in, and the more strict and the more you will sacrifice – the more success you will find. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's kind of a harsh reality for people. I do talk about um, this is a lifestyle and you can reach your goals by without sacrificing any everything, but understand how long it was going to take without sacrificing and you do have to sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, everything that you ever want, 
and ever will want requires some sort of sacrifice, yes. whether it's time, energy, something you love, a food, mm -hmm. a, an activity, there will always be something that requires sacrifice. Absolutely. So you just have to make up your mind. What do I want? What's it worth? Boom. Exactly. What do I want? And what's it worth? Am I mm -hmm. okay with that? Yep. And that can change. Like we said, that can change. Because sometimes I, you don't know until you start. Ex exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, shit, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to get a six-pack. I don't, I don't want to yeah. give up my yeah. car with the girls on Friday. Good for you. You made that decision. Yeah. The amount of people who are like, oh, man, I just want a six-pack. And I'm like, have you ever had one? And they're like, no. And I'm like, all right. It's, it's going to take a lot of effort and a lot of sacrifice. And it's, it's going to be hard. Yes. Like, yeah. Some, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But like, so is having the freedom to enjoy stuff with your friends. Yeah. And like, have pizza night with your family every now and then. Right. I'm sure, so, yeah, Pat enjoys hanging out with me more when I'm not concerned about having a six pack. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, yeah, we're probably better to be around. We're less hungry, less hangry. And we can, like, it's easier to go places with us. Yes. Like, how frustrating must it be for our, our significant others when they're like, hey, do you want to go to this place? And you're like, well, let me look at the menu first. We can go to Tokyo Joe's or yeah. we can have dinner at home. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can you, can you eat anything from this place? Well, I can have that if they don't put this on it and if they substitute that for that. <laughs> and they're so like, oh my true. god, it's so difficult. <laughs> and you're like, I got goals, people. <laughs> so I want to talk about the other side of this. Um, so you can't tell just by looking at someone if they're healthy or not. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about was a lot of times, I don't know if men are, I'm sure they are, females are praised for losing weight, for being a smaller size. But then if they put on weight, no one says anything or someone says, oh, God, did you see Kylie? She put on some weight. Well, maybe Kylie needed to put on some weight. Maybe Kylie was being a little too restrictive. Maybe Kylie's hormones were a mess and she needed to add more fat to her diet so she could balance her hormones out. We yeah. just don't, we just don't know. No, I mean, we can, we can tell if you are on an extreme end of the spectrum you know, like if you are extremely lean, extremely thin, mm -hmm. um, or extremely overweight, then mm -hmm. yeah, we know there's probably some health issues and you're probably not the epitome of health. But there's a pretty large gray area in between where, yeah, people can be healthy at different shapes and sizes at different body fat percentages within reason. Right. And you're right. People are, I think a lot of, um, I think people are praised for you know losing the weight and sometimes they put it back on and you know we have to remember that it's not just your physical health it's your mental health your hormones affect your mental health your it affects your digestion mm -hmm. so like before you say things to someone or about someone I really encourage you all to like understand the impact and the weight of your words because they can go very deep and especially for probably females more so than males who are working on rebalancing their hormones, getting their mental health in order, reestablishing their menstrual cycle that often requires eating more food, gaining a little bit of body fat and it's mentally very difficult. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think the point of, of what I'm saying here is I, I just really want people to think about the weight of their words before they say them because you don't know what's going on in that person's life. 
words have so much power. Um, your words matter. And I, I'm honestly trying, even with my clients, it's hard in this job, but to not make comments on their appearance when I see them, especially friends and just people in general, like, cause there's so many other things you could say to someone besides you look like you've lost weight or you look really lean. Like there's other words that, yeah. you, that are complicated. Um, what I, what I love to do is like, you look so happy right now. That's my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like glowing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you comment on someone's like, almost like their existence and yeah. their aura and their vibe rather than their appearance, it makes such a different statement. And it also, it's like more meaningful because people don't do that. Yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, you look great. Oh, that's cute. Oh, you lost weight. No, like, like, yeah, you look beautiful or you are glowing or you look so happy. And I'm just proud of you. Like that, those words mean a lot more. I think we recently did an exercise um, in my monthly group. Gosh, it was so awesome. We were talking about this topic actually. And I said, you know, I want someone to just tell me like my words that I like to hear are you're such a hard worker. Um, and you're so funny. Like those are like the best compliments you could give me. You're hilarious. <laughs> and you're a very hard worker. <laughs> I feel seen when I hear those words. And a lot of my gals were like, you're such a good mom. You're so successful at your job. Like we want to hear other things besides you look pretty. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. it is for men, but yeah, I think it's, I think it can kind of be the same. I mean, men aren't complimented on their appearance a lot anyway. And like, and to all the dudes out there who think that getting jacked and tan is going to get you all attention from women. No, it couldn't be further from the truth. You're going to get jacked and tan. And the only people that are going to care are like the dude at Chipotle who wants to ask how much you bench. <laughs> True, gosh. Girls don't care, dude. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's accurate, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, but, and then, you know, the guys will, the guys are always commenting. I'm like, dude, you look jacked, but it's the same thing. It's like physical appearances. Um, and I think again, it's very rare that, you know, someone will come up to you and they're like, Hey, you look strong because that's different than you like lost weight or you look jacked or like, Hey, you look really happy or mm -hmm. uh, man, you just look like you're doing really well. And I'm proud of you. Yeah. So, yeah. You just, and also to the point that like your words have power, there are some things that people will say. And if you ever talk to me and you say these words, just know I hate it. Um, First off, the word hoss comes to mind. Do not ever call a female a hoss. No. <laughs> Number two, I also hate, I also hate beast mode. I don't know why. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it. I fucking hate it. Do not tell me I'm in beast mode. You could tell me I'm a very hard worker. Oh my God. Don't. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if I've, I've never, I've never even thought to call a female hoss. <laughs> I have one friend who we call big hoss back home. Is but it like, a boy or a girl? No, he's a boy. He's a guy. He's like he's a he's a freaking hoss, you know. He's like built like a brick house, <laughs> and but that's it. Like I never like it's not, not not feminine. I don't think right. Like <laughs> you just never know how your words are going to be received, and it's fine. We yeah. can't take ownership for everybody's feelings, but I think we should be conscientious. You might not know how your words are going to receive, but like you can guess, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and just say that I don't think I know any females who would enjoy being called 
Hoss. <laughs> Whoa, you got huge. Don't say that one either. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I think we can make pretty educated guesses at this point about what is appropriate and what is not. Uh, and if you have to ask, that's probably your answer. Don't say it. <laughs> oh my god so great well the one last thing i want to talk about was um a little bit of the mental health aspect of it which we've briefly touched on but it's such a fine line it is such a fine line when it comes to reaching physique goals because it's very easy to get obsessive it's very easy to cross the line into disordered eating and i think it's just worth mentioning and and talking about um, what mental health stuff did you notice, Josh, if that's not too personal? No, not at all. Not I'm, talk I'm, about very, it. Open. You I'm go very open about my struggle. Um, I've suffered from mental health issues ever since I was a kid. I've gone through depression, bipolar, anxiety, um, uh, OCD, I have a, a whole bunch of different things that really do affect me daily. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started training, and getting serious about my diet and I wanted a six pack and I wanted, you know, I was already, I was already a tiny person. So like I had like a skinny boy six pack, but yes, like, yeah. um, I didn't understand the impact that my caloric intake and macronutrient profile was going to have on my hormones. I, I did a little bit of research and I knew enough to know how to lose weight. Um, but I became very obsessive over my food and developed some very orthorexic tendencies where I was labeling foods as good and bad. I was eating nothing but super clean food. I wasn't even seasoning a lot of my food because I thought seasonings were bad. Um, and it became very disordered. And it took a while and it took some help from some people that I was following on Instagram, which is part of why I love doing what we do is that I know that the content that we put out is helping people that were in the same situation that I was in and it will help them get out of it. And so like, I really feel like we're doing incredible service here because I needed people like us. And so I came out of those orthorexic tendencies and I started eating more food while I was there. Oh my God. It was like binge restrict, binge restrict. And I would binge on like, like multiple large pizzas, multiple pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, tons of alcohol, like all at once. Um, and that was the first like food oriented struggle that I had come across with my mental health. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm much more aware of it. I'm much more in touch with myself and my mental health. I'm incredibly emotionally intelligent. So I, I can really see when I'm towing a dangerous line. During this prep, because of the, how aggressively we cut my calories, how hard I was working, how intense the training was, and... I was pushing myself to a limit every single day where I had nothing left to give to anybody else. Not only that, but I didn't have my normal mental health outlets like snowboarding, my friends because of quarantine. Right. Um, and so I started to have a really hard time. I knew that had they not changed the date of the competition, I could, I could put it, push it out there, mm -hmm. but I could feel my mental health like swirling the drain. Mm -hmm. 
And I knew if I, if I continued past that date, I knew I could get there and I would struggle, but I would be able to pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. Going past that date, I had a real fear that I would not be able to pull myself back into a healthy mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've seen the darkness. I've seen rock bottom. I don't want to go back there. It terrifies the shit out of me. Yeah. So I made the decision to not compete this year because I didn't want to continue to push that out. Um, but man, like anxiety was all time high and that's not good for my cortisol. Um, I was managing it as best I could. Um, but it definitely has a significant impact, especially when you're, you know, as serious as you are in a contest prep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, everybody that you'll ever talk to that's competed will tell you that it does take a a toll on your mental health. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in a contest prep, you will still see some of those negative mental challenges. They may not be as severe. They may not come on as quickly, but if you are changing your hormones, which you are doing in a caloric deficit, especially if you're in one for a long enough period of time and you're pushing for extreme results, um, you, you will feel that mentally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. And so it's important to not only pay attention to how your body feels, how your body looks, how your recovery is, how your sleep is, how your digestion is, but how your brain is like, take care of your brain, everybody. It's the most important thing. Mental health is absolutely a non-negotiable for me. It's paramount to everything. Um, And that's, that's the hard part about the clients that I work with is that, like I said, no one's stepping on stage but they still uh, wrestle with those same things in their head. And it's like, you have to take a step back. And that's another reason why you do have a coach or a trainer that can be that voice of reason. Cause you can't be the voice of reason for yourself. I mean, Josh saw me almost break down on Friday. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. some days it's like that and it's fine. Yeah, but um, and you yeah. Have to overanalyze with yourself. Everybody does. Right. And, and when you're in that sacrifice state of mental health and like you can't make decisions about yourself effectively and your future and your, your path. You have emotions involved. That's yeah, we, decisions the, like that. The best decisions are made with logic, not emotion. And so that's why I have my coaching. You have me mm-hmm. to be the logic mm-hmm. behind the decisions that are going to get you to where you want to be, but also taking into consideration your overall well-being. Right. Exactly. And before we move on from this, I want you guys to see, so Josh made that decision. His mental health was not worth it. So there was the, that was his breaking point. He's like, nope, I'm out. I mean, and that's not, it's not like he quit. He said, I'm not going to extend this because it's not worth it. It's not worth my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, once you do a show, it skews your (laughs) reality to what your version of lean is because you're always striving for that and newsflash. I mean, you want to do that again and again and again. Oh my gosh. It's just, yeah, it's just really tricky. Fun. You got to be so self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be very okay. And that's where I think I have some clients who, who definitely struggle with this and I don't think it's uncommon to struggle with this, but the goals that we are working towards and the protocols that I put in place as your coach are not always physique oriented. Right now, for example, I am in a health phase. 
of course I want to maintain a good looking physique, mm -hmm. but the goal is not to improve my physique right now. It is to improve my overall health. And sometimes it's to, the goal is to improve your overall health. Sometimes we do that by reverse dieting and increasing calories and your physique will not change or the goal is for it not to change or maybe improve a little bit, but like focus on the process instead of the end goal and fall in love with the process instead of falling in love with the idea of where that process is going to take you because your success is heavily determined by how much you enjoy the process, not the destination. You have to enjoy the process. I wrote a blog last year about it. Like the journey is the end. Like this is what the middle is everything. The end, you may not get there. In fact, you won't. You won't. There There's is no, no end. end. <laughs> yeah, there is no end. There's Settle just like, in, because this is it. <laughs> yeah, there's just cool points along the way. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, and, you know, and you know what? To that point, I think this, this, this separates some people. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost glad that it does. Mm -hmm. If you believe there's an end then you are not ready. You are, you, you have a fixed mindset yeah. and you are not ready to grow mm -hmm. because if you are, have a growth oriented mindset, you know, you're never going to be done. You know, you're never going to be satisfied mm -hmm. in your life, in your relationship, in your physique, in your business and anything that you do. Mm -hmm. If you believe that there's going to be a point where you're satisfied, you're fixed. You're not going to get better. Nope. No. You I am all for, for yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm all for being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh uh, God, what is the word? Oh, it'll come to me. But yeah, to your point, you're, this is it. Then settle in. Yeah. Enjoy where you're at now. Be present. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. I'm, I am like almost present minded to a fault. Like mm -hmm. I, things happen and I'm over it. My anxiety definitely makes me, me go back to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I only look back to see how far I've come. Mm -hmm. I only look forward to get a glimpse of where, which direction I'm going mm -hmm. to make sure I'm on like a, the path that I think I want to be on. Mm -hmm. But other than that, like every, I am so present minded. I enjoy where I'm at now. I understand that there's growth to be had, but I understand that that growth isn't going to happen unless I'm focused on improving where I, where I am right now. Mm -hmm. That next step is always the next step. Not. One of um, my mentors, Brendan Burchard, in his book, High Performance Habits, which literally changed my life, he uses this concept of striving satisfied. So you're mm -hmm. constantly striving. I'm satisfied with what I have done, but I'm still striving for more in the future. Because yes. yes. you, you don't discount the work that you've done and what you've achieved, but there's, there's more. There's always more. Matthew McConaughey has a great speech on that where he talks about his, his idol. Uh, his, his, um, I forget what word he used, but basically his idol, his role model is himself in five years. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Always himself in five years. He loves where he's at right now, but he knows in five years, he's going to be the better version of who, where he is now. So his role model is himself in five years, no matter where he's at in his life, enjoy where you are, but look up to yourself in five years. I like that because I like Kylie plus five. Kylie plus five. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's cool. <laughs> she's Kylie plus five is killing it. <laughs>
Oh my gosh. This was so awesome. Yeah, this was a good one. And I think it was really important and will help people understand like everybody struggles with this stuff. Yes. And so like, don't rush, take it easy, understand where you're at in the process, enjoy every part of it and figure out what's worth, what's worth it to you. Well, and we kind of just breezed over it, although it was the whole point, really. Like you're in a health, what did you call it? Health phase? Health, health phase right now. We're, we're reverse dieting. So it's really a reverse diet phase, but the, the, the main goal is to improve my overall health uh, physically and mentally. And I got to tell you, mentally, oh my God. And just like the two, almost three weeks that we've been reversing, I feel like a completely new person. Dude, it's awesome. It is unbelievable what like food and rest and recovery and like stress mm -hmm. management. Mm -hmm. I cannot stress enough how important all those things are. I feel so good. Right. And if you're just a regular Sally or Sue or Bob and you're feeling like Josh felt getting ready to compete, please look at that mm -hmm. and see what adjustments you can make. Do I need to sleep yeah. more? Do I need to eat more? Do I need to go to therapy? There's no reason that you feel like that if no. you're not if, stepping if on stage. If you're feeling chronically fatigued, if your libido is down, if you are a female who has lost her menstrual cycle when normally you should have it, mm -hmm. um, regardless of whether you're an athlete or not, like, no, those things are not normal. Mm -hmm. And I, I think we need to encourage people to stop justifying the things that are happening to them that are not normal, like, like that. And, and like, um, you know, when they have an injury and they're like, oh, I just got shitty knees. You're like, no, 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 that's not normal. We need to address that. Mm -hmm. Your knees don't just, they aren't just shitty knees. They work the same way they always have. There's a muscular imbalance that's causing you pain or it's arthritis, but we can get to the bottom of it and make you feel better. Right. If you are having hormonal issues, no, it's not normal. You're not just getting old. We can fix that. So stop normalizing things right. that shouldn't be normal right. and feeling good should be normal. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just always tired. Oh, I'm always bloated. Yeah. Cool. The bloating is another one. It's so easy to fix. And I actually have a, I have some, a post coming about it because like, <laughs> it's so easy to fix. Just stop eating the shit that makes you bloated. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's like people are normalizing it and they're being okay with it just being mm -hmm. how they are now. Fixed mindset. No thanks. We can always get better. Come on. Let's be broke. Come on. Yeah. Oh. <sighs> Okay, that's good. Oh, obviously, Josh and I can talk forever. We have to talk some more. Yeah, yeah we got to cut it off, I guess. <laughs> Dude, another awesome one. Thank you so much, you guys. You know where to find Josh now, but at Josh Levine Fitness on Instagram. Um, and I'll put a, of course, I'll link him up in the show notes. You're just amazing. This is great. And he's got more online spots right now. Yes, do have more online spots. Um, really pushing that. And, man, my client, my online clients. They're killing it. Yeah, they're killing it, you guys. Tyler's killing it. I'm killing it. You're killing it. <laughs> Shout out to Kylie. Killing it. I'm trying to get to Kylie plus five. Yeah. <laughs> we, know the, we know the way to get there. We do know. We're on our way. We just got to connect the dots. That's right. That's right. Oh, my gosh, Josh. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's always so much fun. 
of course, thank you so much for having me. Always love talking to you. Always love talking to your, your people. And, you know, again, they're lucky to have you. They're lucky to have us. They're also. lucky to have us. Thank yeah. you. And, um, you know, we're just going to keep on trying to help as many people as we can. Right. I'll see you tomorrow for training. Yes, you will. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye.